This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of Hafta. We are recording from our office, our weekly or bi-weekly visit here while most of the time most of us work from home in this corona era. With me on the panel today, Manisha Pandey. Hello. Mehraj Lohan. Hello. Raman Kripal. Hi. And joining us on Zoom, no longer on the phone line, from Patna is Anand Vardhan. Hey, Anand. Hello. How's uh, things in Bihar? Uh, the We will discuss it in a little more detail, but before we start off on the headlines, this all the migrants coming there, what there were reports that 4% have tested positive. 23%. 23% have 23%. tested positive. No, now it's up. It's 52% uh, last evening. You're saying 52% of the migrants who've been tested, this is asymptomatic. They're testing them randomly. Achha, achha. I mean, number of what I was uh, telling was the share of uh, share of migrants in the positive cases is now 52%. Okay, the, the share, out of all the positive cases, 52% of the positive cases are migrants. But yes. as far as testing of migrants is concerned, 20% of migrants 23%. are positive. Around 1 in 4. One, so, but is this asymptomatic? They're just testing them randomly, whether they're showing symptoms or no, not. No, the protocol now is who are, whenever the any migrant comes back, you have to test them. You have them to test him no matter what. In, yeah. so, these are, so if you were to project that, then we're talking in the millions, man. Yeah. All over the country. Yeah, that's so is case. Bihar the only place that's doing it? No, no. All, all, all. I mean, all I know about but, Kashmir that they're doing it. Oh, whoever but is going migrants. back. Whoever is going back. So See, if you're going back, they uh, take you to a certain place, put you in quarantine and test you. But is that true for the aircrafts coming in? I don't think they're testing the people who are coming from overseas. They're just putting them in 14-day quarantine because I know I have some cousins who came from London. So they have to stay in the hotel near the airport for no, whatever. No, I, I read it in the newspaper, but I think Anand can tell us more. But... Uh, in the newspapers, I read some reports that it is physically difficult for these states to, you know, conduct a test on each migrant because this the numbers number are too big. Too big. It is too big. Oh. But Bihar is doing it. Hmm. So what I read last that uh, say one out of four, as he said, and twenty-three uh, percent of uh, you know given tests, twenty-three percent of them. Okay. That's that's kind of scary. But we'll discuss, of course, COVID. I guess will be a perennial discussion point for a while now, but. Before we get into the headlines, which Manisha shall tell us, what are the main headlines of the week? Just want to give a shout out to all those who topped up. We had two NL Sena projects up. One was March with the Migrants. You know, our wonderful reporter in Maharashtra, Pratik, uh, went on the highway. He started from Pune and towards Bombay and he took... Towards Indore. Towards Indore. And uh, that NL uh, Sena project got topped up, I think, in three or four days. So thank you so much. That's the fastest an NL Sena project has got topped up. So clearly many of you do believe that when the public pays, the public is served. And also Vivek Calls project, which is two of those pieces have gone up, I think, or maybe one has gone up and a third one is coming. It is the post-corona COVID era of how the economy will be, how the economy will have to be tackled. We have raised almost 70% of the required amount uh, in, in like five days. Hopefully it'll get topped up by this weekend. So thank you. We'll have two more NL Sena projects up. We want to do more and more ambitious projects with publicly sourced funds because we believe that is the future of journalism and going by the trends of other news platforms. Others do believe so too. So thank you. And once again, pay to keep news free, subscribe to News Laundry. Uh, we really would urge you to consider subscribing uh, because the future of media cannot be sustained by advertising. And we've been saying this for the longest time. So do pick us. 
What do we have in the headlines, Manisha Pandey? Uh, Nirmala Sitaraman has announced the final last fifth tranche of the economic package. There was a lot of political drama between Priyanka Gandhi and Yogi Adityanath over buses. Uh, Congress wanted to send buses for migrants to go to Uttar Pradesh. Yogi Adityanath said those buses could not enter. Those buses have finally returned empty. Uh, so there was a lot of politicking over this. Uh, more than 200 migrant workers have tested positive. In Bihar, uh, 835 samples were taken. Uh, out of which uh, 218 were positive so that is one in four like you yeah. said so uh, 50 migrants have been killed in the last 10 days there were bus accidents i think two bus ac- accidents where they overturned some have died of hunger and starvation so that tragedy continues uh, cyclone amphan amphan made a landfall yesterday there were some dramatic visuals playing across on television channels i think uh, there's uh, no electricity no landlines working in west bengal and i think there've been about 13 deaths all of west bengal Or just the coastal yeah. parts. Coastal parts, maybe. Coastal, yeah. coastal it parts. It happened in city also. Okay. Hmm. Uh, lots of action on the poral, uh, foreign policy front. Also, uh, there was excessive, aggressive Chinese patrolling happening around the Pengongso Lake area in Ladakh. Meanwhile, Nepal released a map <laughs> where they have declared some disputed territories as part of Nepalese territories. Uh, the Indian government has also responded to them and said that please don't do these unilateral, uh, cartological, aggressive acts. Uh, so maybe Anand could tell us a bit about that. Uh, Gujarat government has defended its use of substandard locally developed ventilators. There was a good story in Ahmedabad Mirror on this. Uh, Z News uh, in a shocking development. Twenty-eight employees of Z News have tested positive. We have a story uh, that Atul did on how uh, this was. L- this could have been averted had the organization been a little careful and followed some social distancing protocols godse's anniversary was celebrated again in madhya pradesh by the hindu mahasabha so that that sparked a war of words between congress and bjp as usual it's an annual affair union health minister harshvardhan is going to take charge of the who executive board he's going to be the chairman i saw a lot of people referring to him on twitter as dr doolittle yeah hmm. and uh, rwandan genocide suspect ha- who was yeah He's been arrested after 26 years in Paris. He's 84 now. Yeah, in fact, I uh, heard a, a very long story on this on BBC, which I would like to discuss in a little more detail. And domestic flights are going to resume from May 25th. We don't know the protocols yet, though. How exactly? And we don't know the rates either. It's unaffordable for us. So, if any of you are thinking of going flying somewhere for a report, will they leave a <laughs> li- will they leave a seat? Dash yeah. your hope to the doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So it doesn't affect 25% you. Twenty-five percent of them are going to resume. So yeah, no. But I'm saying maybe some people say, "Now let's go How for stories." How expensive will it be? Like five times more? No. Apparently, uh, the airlines are asking the government to put a cap on, like as a floor price also and a cap also on prices. Because they don't want it to go too cheap, then they'll go out of business. So But cap to pehle bhi kahan dala tha? I mean, if you on, in peak time, in fact, some of these were the airlines would, you know, in fact, when there was this, people were coming from Bangalore for some reason. There was I forget why there was a exodus. Twenty thousand points gathi. Kashmir jab lockdown aata, they yeah. were charging people twenty five, thirty thousand to fly one way. I, I think the principle of surge will. No, no. Like, I mean, they are asking whether they'll do it or happens. not. Is So uh and we have lots of emails this time so we would uh, you know I'd like to include many cuz last time we couldn't include so many emails also now thanks for the headlines manisha but before we go into the rest those of you who've been following the news know this cyclone that manisha um um how I don't know if you pronounce um, it fun, um huh? fun uh has the devastation it's caused i saw the video from the kolkata airport like there is almost the entire one floor is covered with water I've seen videos of people's homes becoming virtual ponds and lakes. Um there have been 12 deaths as per the newspaper this morning, at least in the Times of India that's where I read. I don't know if there've been more since. 
it has been so huge in fact even uh, you know international channels that i watch in the morning gave it like a good 7 8 minutes and they don't usually give you know this part uh, and just the pace they had an interview with the disaster you know the person the the entity responsible for the evacuation ndma he was in military fatigue so i'm guessing it's it's an army related uh, this thing national disaster management so, agency is um, usually authority so it 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 could have come at a worse time and while uh, even the western media was saying that one of the most efficient evacuations carried out was in india in odisha i believe uh, the last time there was a cyclone yes uh, but whether we'll be able to do it in a corona time is hard to say but yeah very worrying visuals coming out of there do we know is it over is is there going to be more today is going to uh, hit bangladesh made, no? it has made landfall in uh, calcutta so i mean that was yesterday yeah that was 2:30 uh, but p.m. today apparently it's moved i mean it's bangladesh is going to be hit with the cyclone predicted uh, path is uh, 12 gmt thursday it'll go to bangladesh huh. and then yeah. over to bhutan so it yeah. means right now yeah. as we are recording this it could be hitting bangladesh yeah, yeah. so the damage yeah. in india was wrecked yesterday i think bangladesh but it slows down, down right once it's been all in odisha once, yeah, once it, it makes land. landfall so it yeah kind of slows down so uh, the uh, producer parish has just shown me 24 is the death count right now as we recording okay. this i guess the morning newspapers death counters when it went into print last night and the i mean there are electricity has been out uh-huh. large parts of state for like 20 hours right now and i mean communications is down electricity is down phones are down everything's down so we don't really have an idea of what is happening so you know i don't think we'll be able to give you that much information for all these reasons so next week definitely we will have a reporter yeah. on hafta from bengal who can give us an idea of the extent devastation. of devastation yeah. and what happened it would be very hard to do this today because they'll be dealing with it i don't even know if we'll get you know connectivity there yeah all the uh, landlines snapped at least from whoever were, i mean there were some bunch of people talking about calcutta landlines and electricity and the airport was flooded yeah the man images of the airport the was crazy i think this is the i think after the 90s cyclone that had come this is the intensity is as much as the super cyclone of the 90s in odisha which had led to like massive i think it led man. to 9000 no, exactly because evacuate and maintain so although i i don't know if anand if you know the science behind this so the weather experts i think on bbc were saying while in the kilometers per hour or miles per hour this is like 180 or something 155 and, km yeah i th- i think the gust the gust speed reaches uh-huh. 180 like the regular speed and the gusts are 180 he says so in speed it is not a category 5 but for some other reason it is the equivalent of a category 5 i didn't understand why i don't know whether it's the volume of water that comes down but also uh, all these cyclones come from bayobing all only why nahi nahi wahan katrina shitrina kahan se wo nahi matlab in the south asian uh, subcontinent i think it had a landfall in it's mostly just bayobing that is why it was very dense arabian sea nah, never exactly yeah. the first land encountered <laughs> so is um, Anyway, do you know anything about it there at uh, Anand anymore? I mean, till next no, week. No, no. Uh, Did you have I disturbances in Patna also? It, but uh, the, your point about speed, uh, I, I mean, from a, an experience, I think it's uh, it may be right because the impact of generally cyclones in Bengal, Orissa, are felt in Jharkhand and even in Bihar. so yesterday there was i could see some i mean see there was cloudy sky and some kind of formation but earlier when it, there were storms there it used to rain two three days continuously in bihar also in patna or something but uh, this time it was felt in jharkhand but it didn't come as far as bihar as far as bihar so uh, the 
point about a speed may be correct that you were quoting someone here. Okay, uh, so let's move on to the other things that dominated this week. Let's start with this entire foreign policy fracas. Maybe a most wonderfully well-read Anand can shed some light. Is this a bit of a foreign policy screw-up? Why is Nepal suddenly who till now? There were, you know, undercurrents of hostility now and then. They didn't like many things. But um, because I remember I was on a panel with... Um, He's one of the most well-known journalists in Nepal, yeah. Kanak Mani Dikshit. Kanak Mani Dikshit, yes. Of Himal, South Asian. Uh, of Himal. He and been. I remember he says, like, while personally he was very, because uh, he's a, you know, very senior journalist, he's senior in years. He said, you know, there's been a, a very warm relationship between India and, and Nepal because of a variety of reasons. But of late, there is a resentment in Nepal. And I, I'm not saying from the last two years, but he was saying for the last five, six years. So anyway, so that is the feeling. So is this a foreign policy failure of ours that Nepal suddenly is flexing its muscle? Or how would you want to give some analysis of this Anand Vardhan before we get to Bihar and other stuff? No, it's a com- uh, it's a combination of many factors, uh, including uh, Nepal's uh, small brother syndrome and uh, India's anxieties about the Chinese uh, regions uh, or ch- uh, Chinese uh, say, interventions in how Nepal looks at the world, particularly at its neighborhood. Well, can you just uh, explain in three lines these three disputed districts or towns or villages? What, I mean, because I've never really heard of this before. It's clearly not very important till now. I mean, was these been disputed for a long time? There was a treaty in 18, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, it was in 1816 that... uh, uh, that was called Treaty of Shugali. And uh, Nepal claims that uh, the treaty which was entered between the, the Nepali monarchy and uh, the British government then. And uh, Nepal claims that uh, it uh, gave them territories east of the Kali River, that is uh, Kalapani, Lipu Lake, and uh, Limpi Adhura. These are the three territories uh, which they claim that are part of uh, uh, their territory because of that treaty of 1816. Now, they have not raised it for over a century or more. And it is it has been in uh, last 20 years that they have been, they have been quite murmurs around it. But in last three, four years and more stridently, the recent uh, by, by this map, they have uh, raised this issue. Now, one thing is that recently there has been leadership tussle within the Communist Party in Nepal. Now, the PM there, Mr. K.P. Sharma, K.P. Sharma Oli, now he's believed to be backed by the Chinese Communist Party. And it is believed that China managed the truce there. And the one way of retaining the popularity was to again raise the big brother attitude of India. And this territorial issue was uh, a very handy tool for that. Uh, Second is that even this treaty, uh, the Indian uh, defense establishment and this, they claim that the geographical, if you look at the geographical side of it, our, the road that we built uh, on May 8th, the Rajnath Singh inaugurated the uh, road which links uh, the Kalas Mansarovar uh, 
pilgrimage on the Tibetan autonomous region. To now it links uh, it to through uh, Lipu Lake. Now Lipu Lake, they say here side is on the western side. Even if we go by the treaty, it is on the western side. It is on the eastern side, but our claim is on uh, the road is through the western side. So and, uh, the border commission of India and Nepal have resolved almost a lot of issues. And they say that they will now fix it, not according to the course of the river, which may, which because of its frequent alterations confuses the matter, but we will go fix it on the land part of it. Right. Now, because of this confusion, this issue keeps creeping in, but Indian strategic uh, thinkers th uh, are of the view that uh, the recent murmurs are a Chinese design and and India has, has a greater responsibility for not allowing Nepal to, not pushing Nepal in China's lap uh, because uh, if you go by cost-benefit analysis, uh, Nepal... Needs India more than it needs China. Uh -huh. hmm. So uh, these are some of the dynamics emerging out of it. And uh, th there are, of course, a lot of uh, other factors, but that would be a very lengthy sure. discussion. I mean, not that I follow foreign policy that closely. So I just follow some of the po foreign policy commentators. I don't often go to the primary source like Anand just did to the treaty. I just find one inconsistency there. While we say foreign policy is a question of watching out for your interests. It's not a question of honesty or ethics or morality, you know, whether it is backing Saudi Arabia on various resolutions, even though he may have involved in the murder of a journalist or how women are treated or the World Cup being held in Qatar. And But on this, I think many of those experts expect Nepal to go by honesty or ethics. So I just find that inconsistent in a lot of commentary that if we will to take our decisions based on our benefit, why would Nepal not? And therefore, what is China giving them that we can't? Because my understanding is there's an affinity here, both, you know, cultural, there's no visa required, a lot of work comes out of here. I mean, I know so many of my friends who are Nepali, are like genuine Nepali. I mean, they're Indian citizens, but their grandparents are there. And, you know, I've gone with them to visit them once in a while also. So I'm really surprised that Pakistan, I can understand. Sri Lanka, I can understand. A port vote banana the Chinese on Kilia. Nepal ko hum apne paas nahi rakh pa rahe to. Apparently, the current Prime Minister K P Oli was uh, facing some issues within the party for supremacy, and China apparently diplomatically intervened to have him reign supreme in the Communist Party. So his election has a bit of help from China, so though it shouldn't be them. called a China-backed. Whatever, that's not fair, but. Uh, he has good relations with the Chinese. That's what I read, at least in the newspapers. And I think that's what's worrying is that Pakistan, China, anyway, good friend, good friends. China is being aggressive on Pingongso, where you know it's it's right. it's still an act of aggression. And then you have Nepal also, which is becoming friendly. And I mean, for the prime minister to say something like the Indian virus is more deadly than China, the it's China, it's, it's yeah. quite an aggressive it's thing to much, say. Yeah. So I think yeah, while we uh, can you know keep talking about how. Oh, look, we're going to take manufacturing out of China or look, now we're going to show them. And a stupid foreign policy commentator saying, let's call it Chinese virus and all. I'm sure they're, you know, and here China's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, let's, let's like. We are quaking in our boots. Broadly, 
foreign policy there are two approaches to foreign policy broadly one is that you project power mm. another is that you have friendly relations with your neighbors you project power if you have power right mm. and you have friendly relations if you don't have power and friendly relations that means you are usually on equal footing mm. the other project is it's more one sided to start with when india started out because it didn't have the economic or political might so you you saw these hindi chinese bye bye kind of a foreign policy mm. the non aligned movement policy so that informed that sort of approach to foreign policy informed india's foreign policy until almost the end of the millennium right after that when the economic india started to be recognized as this emerging economic power and there was this thing okay we need to project power now and because of what had happened in the world the soviet union was no longer there you had to be aligned with us to serve your interests and china was rising so india started to project power and it started with its own neighborhood right but the problem with that is what happened is over like last the first few years of the new millennium that that could be done because india was being recognized as an emerging power and india doesn't have the military strength that other countries have it doesn't have the political strength mm. cultural it has that soft power but it i mean in your neighborhood you can't do that and, we, and it's not strategically been used yeah, and historically also, also because in your own neighborhood you can't use that because they are part of the same culture right mm. so then starting around 2010 2011 as the economy started sliding and china started growing aggressively and they started making these ports and going to maldives and sri lanka and bangladesh and everywhere so india is in a fix right so now because they are used to this projecting power kind of a foreign policy dynamic they can't go to back to the so having, you got a no man's land basically. relationships also because the kind of national imagination especially these people the bjp and the hindutva mm. camp has they can't accept that we're equal with these people it, right. you have to project power because you have to project that greatness but the basis of that greatness is no longer there your because economy China's isn't too that far strong. ahead one and because your own economy is struggling even yeah. bangladesh is outpacing you right now right yeah. so you are in a bind and, and that then was pre covid and especially us. with uh, rela- uh, relation to nepal there was that stupid blockade they did in yes that the, actually that is what uh, mani dikshit was talking about that blockade yes. caused a lot of heartburn mm. generally locally there were there. protests and then um, i remember uh, i was with cash news at the time and bharat bhushan my editor he had a lot of contacts in nepal and he went to report there and he was like saying i have never and he had been reporting from there for a long time he said i have never seen this this mm. is like a different and that is he was saying that this is going to push the nepalese elite especially and the government ruling party Further towards china us. and that's mm. what has happened so in 2000 i was in ladakh and i was working for the indian express i was ari uh, jammu and kashmir and i had done at that time a story about china's incursion into india mm. okay the roads i mean uh, china had begun way i mean long time back and we had we were not even aware of it our first line is indo tibetan border police mm. they are the ones they are the informers they work like informers mm. so they are the ones who first raised an alarm and by then uh, miles of uh, roads you know were already made and they had encroached upon indian uh, land so china 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 history uh, it, it starts 20 years ago right uh, so so and and uh, with nepal now i think nepal is of late is aligning with it, uh, at least uh, i mean through uh, readings we can see that they are aligning with china more that is why the problem anyway, i think as long as covid is dominating the world these will just be side acts yeah. this is not going to become a main act definitely even even though china is trying all sorts of aggressive tactics i i don't think it will become such a pain in anyone's ass at But least i don't know i think it could and i think if few 
things like I think Arunachal or Pengongso, Sikkim, if they do also, if they are aggressive, if they take territory also, I don't think anyone in the world will care too much. I and don't not, think there'll I be much think, international backlash. I don't backlash. think the Indian public will also care. It will not be a political issue. No, what I'm saying actually the 2000, they had encroached upon Indian land and sure, nobody yeah, raised any issue. Back then, so right. at that, back then, there was no issue raised. No, actually China is leveraging this crisis to like further its power. Yeah, because they was, know that Was it uh, Slovakia and Slovenia, the Prime Minister, hmm. he came on because after Italy and Germany refused him aid for COVID, he came on TV and said Xi Jinping is my brother and, and whatever and all that. Hmm. And they're doing the same thing with, I mean, India, what, what does India send to Nepal if they are faced with a COVID crisis? Also Africa, yeah, they are, they're Africa, sending so yeah. much aid to Africa. Probably yeah. they have so much mines and so Anand, you were saying something? No, no this is a I mean, larger narrative so that would consume a lot of time. I, very specific to this uh, recent thing in 1954 and again in 2015 china entered into a trade pact with uh, with india which was along that uh, lipleko that uh, area so the indian position is that that by agreeing to that it legitimized india's uh, presence there because of that trade pact and uh, which is now the contentious tune. So China would be very careful now about this particular issue, not the overall, I mean, its proximity or newfound closeness with Nepal. But, and, and in the last uh, 10 hours, some of the statements coming from China are a bit more conciliatory. Right. The second po- uh, point is that uh, that area is uh, strategically important and even Nepal at one point of time found it Indian presence very useful there um, because of the its buffer zone status. The Indian defense es- establishment cannot hope to come into it because 40,000, uh, uh, the kind of bonhomie between the Indian and Nepali army is such that even 40,000 Nepali soldiers serve in Indian army. And uh, the army chief of uh, uh, India and Nepal have a general status. Vice I mean, India, Indian army chief has a general status in Nepali army and vice versa. So uh, I think at the level of defense establishment, the immediate confrontation cannot be seen. I mean, say, it has to come out with a diplomatic solution, a kind of uh, diplomatic parlays or something. Right. So now we just get on a little bit of um, corona-related discussions. But before that, I just would like to read a couple of emails. This one is from our longtime subscriber, Prakash Ayer. He says, hi, News Journey team, subscriber for a long time, love your work. You guys mentioned that getting a sane right-wing voice has been a challenge and it definitely is hard. And given the fact it's easier to find plutonium than a sane right-wing voice, I think News Laundry is doing a decent job. In recent times, addition of Mehraj has made the Hafta better. And Vardhan being the centre-right panellist does reduce the chance of Hafta becoming an echo chamber. That doesn't mean Hafta is without any issues. As a coping mechanism, I have started drinking game. Every time Mehraj utters Brahminical, that too on a topic where none of the panellists mention any caste angle. I'm going to take a shot to that. <laughs> Same goes for Vardhan. He Start- found a reason to have shots. <laughs> Same thing goes for Vardhan starting his material with quotations from obscure sociologists or psychologists or historians or whatever and totally missing the specifics of the contemporary issue, however related to the topic may be to some gyan in some book. 
Manisha Pandey is best and I wish Madhu Good Jahan. taste. Good taste. <laughs> Mail to I just read Maharaj's latest piece on the pandemic and yet again title says why India doesn't seem to care about its poor even during a pandemic and the article 2 is focused on caste and brahmanical the clutch word appears incompetent or callous handling of the pandemic has very little to do with casteism. It's as useful as saying casteism has gone down because the PM is an OBC Prakash Ayer. Would you like to respond to yes, that? Yes, uh, Prakash, thank you for the for your mail but I totally disagree caste is the fundamental reality of the indian society mm. usually i mean even in this time it said that the all the you can understand how the government has reacted to the migrant crisis and others through a class angle but people forget that class and caste in india for the most part are usually the same thing i mean it's not like when people say like see this through a caste angle it doesn't mean that there's a caste conspiracy some like brahmans and banyas are sitting somewhere and creating a it's caste it's internalized to an extent not just internalized you? just look look around you no, if you are if you are all if you are all your ministers if all your media if all your institutions academia bureaucracy everything it comes from those values from caste. those hey, interests is, no what is caste says how you made arrangements for people to bring India and from abroad from and how, how what kind of arrangements you made for the migrants that's true exactly so, no, so also, that is the way of looking also i mean i way. i both agree and disagree with prakash in the sense that one you know i agree with mehraj that there may not be an obvious connection but i remember i think on hafta only i had got a mail a similar mail criticizing because they were saying that why i had said why don't indian politicians retire I said basically it is because of caste. They said like, how is it connected? I said basically our entire reverence comes from our caste reverence mm. in the sense that if you go to Ladakh now it's changed. But when I had gone in the nineties, I was shocked that the porter or the driver will not call you sir. He will sit with you at the table and eat. I mean, of course, I wasn't offended, but I was you're not know, used to it here, right? So. there the way a person gets offended which is why conflict is also less you know because it's just like you know we argue amongst ourselves it's the same thing it's not that you know the aircraft traveler can talk to me like that but the bullock cart traveler dare not talk to me like that therefore a politician cannot say okay i've done 70 years now i'll, I'll go back because as soon as you're out you will treat it like a jute that is because our understanding of how to treat someone that the idea of respect is not that you earn it it's, yeah, it's your position correct. in society it's society so yeah. i think that is what but yeah the I I do think Brahminism sometimes in this context I think it was fine but I haven't read your piece shame on me but I'll read but it. But this is the old one it's Achha, not a new not one a new it was posted again I think oh, I our, by our social media people. Okay then this letter is from Tin Kinshuk Kinshuk says I have been an honor of subscriber news laundry for a long time because of the fact that I'm a student I couldn't always afford to pay to keep news free but I've decided that from now on I'll try to do my best to stay on the subscription. Thanks Kinshuk even being a student you were so diligent and so responsible I hope others listening to this who are earning well also understand how important it is to fund independent journalism so thank you he says uh, he became a subscriber and recently two days ago he renewed it and he decided to binge watch all nl content he's listened to 12 13 haftas and a few nl interviews and an episode of the nl team spoke about the pelu khan lynching accused being given a clean sheet by the local court What did shock me was that Anand Vardhan pointing out that it was a case of mob justice system rather than a hate crime and then Abhinandan pointing out that there is a grey area to it. Now I realize it was a long time ago so bringing it up now while the whole world is going through a pandemic 
it's probably not a great idea but you might not remember exactly what you said but i just need to point out that there was a muslim man living in a village with a large hindu population who was lynched and subsequently killed at the hands of his neighbors because of the suspicion of cow smuggling it is a classic example of hate crime it is true that our country is not foreign to the idea of hate crimes based on religion or caste or even gender or even mob justice but various reports have shown that it has systematically increased after 2014 specifically religious based hate crimes from 9 incidents in 2013 to 92 in 2018 up having the highest number of cases ndtv did a report about 45 of our legislators have been accused of hate crimes and 35 of them belong to bjp therefore it will not be completely illogical to say that the majority of the lynchings incidents are fueled by religion the reason behind me saying all of this is because i think as a society we should all be a little sensitive and respectful towards the victim who we all know is far from getting justice as a law student the first thing we learn is that there are two sides of story stories and there is somewhat grace as well but i guess sometimes it is an open and shut case a man of color gets shot and killed in the neighborhood for jogging there is that also gray maybe sometime for the sake of divulging into a story and analyzing we tend to complicate it and miss what happened at the very instance let me know if i made sense and correct me if i said something wrong it goes without saying that i really love your work whether it's new since offer and awesome hafta and giving your reports and opinions they really stand out keep up the good work thank you kinshuk uh, for sharing your thoughts and your views on the grays and hate crimes i really don't have anything to add anand if you do please feel free no uh, nothing much actually when i hear this uh, my sympathy for politicians or whoever Uh, at least that they are being misquoted or misrepresented just goes and notch about <laughs> so what you're saying is this is not what he has attributed to your communication is not what you were exactly trying to communicate no uh, in the uh, in any of the haftas that i have been on the panel i have not uh, on single occasion talked about pehlu khan case oh i see uh, I, i would be i would be grateful if you can uh, please send me the clip where i said that pehlu khan case is a matter of this or that right so second point is that i was making a general point that the and that in, in india the hate crime first hate crime is not uh, recorded by the state it is something attributed by media according to the circumstances of it so if you go to the ncrb report uh, there is nothing called hate crime yes some circumstantial uh, points are made but things are recorded as crime like and uh, origin of crime is important there means uh, i i said in, in the discussion that you are pointing to that a small number of that maybe communal cases maybe pehlu khan case falls in that i don't know the details of that case much uh, maybe it is maybe not because a lot of like punjab and uh, haryana high court when they granted a bail to an accused they dropped the hate crime charge against one of the uh, against him and said that it was because of some other altercation and the communal slurs came in in the course of the altercation but in in india the law or the police tend to have uh, their origin theory means what was the original cause so that is the it. official paperwork that they kind of fill yes. out doesn't have any hate crime uh, so also uh, because say that uh, for say cattle smuggling or cattle theft people of other religions are uh, for the same theft if you go to villages uh, cattle theft because it is such a key economic resource if people of other faiths are also attacked and, uh, and you will find lot of such cases every day 
if you if you read local papers you will find such cases and but, but just but that is not to say that is not to say that communal lynching does not happen it happens i i i said there also this other email subscriber doesn't want us to take his name he says uh, just a short input on monkey balancing discussion on hafta 275 often the demarcation between two aspects of any issue may not be as black and white as saying whether it is night or day it may be dawn or dusk for example the issue of up and mp bringing out an ordinance to hold labor laws in abeyance here are two links which have discussed two different perspectives unilaterally in such cases the demarcation isn't very clear then i believe that showcasing both sides and monkey balancing isn't that bad rather than taking sides and showcasing only one aspect outright should not be encouraged so proud subscriber so we will put the links to both these that you have sent us dear subscriber uh, i guess what you're trying to say is that last time our analysis of the labor laws being either completely done off with in some areas some cases or being amended in ways that many people have problems with uh, was very one sided so short point taken thank you for that and this is just a 20 word email from parminder hello nl team please consider this in privileges quote alcohol keeps you calm and sane unquote bahuton ko alcohol ka phobia hai yeah i'm with you parminder okay thanks it's a punjabi to 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 hit the nail on the head nail on the head anand should, first should respond to this manisha was checking today ki press club ko bhul raha hai ठीक है या बट आई नेवर ड्रिंक इट प्रेस क्लब या रेयरली ओनली गो व्हेन ओनली विद यू एक्चुअली या सो नाउ लेट्स जस्ट डिस्कस द कोरोना रिलेटेड न्यूज़ वन इज फाइनली दीस ट्रेन्स वेंट एंड द बसेस नाउ स्पीकिंग ऑफ मंकी बैलेंसिंग आई जस्ट से माय पीस फर्स्ट एंड देन रमन सो लेट मी स्टार्ट विद यू कॉन्टेक्स्ट द कांग्रेस सेड दैट सिंस द यूपी गवर्नमेंट इज नॉट प्रोवाइडिंग एनी बसेस वी विल प्रोवाइड 1000 बसेस टू टेक माइग्रेंट्स फ्रॉम डिफरेंट पार्ट्स ऑफ द कंट्री आई एम गेसिंग uh the up government said also a lot of these exchanges happened late at night they sent the day this offer was made by priyanka that night i think some insane 11 o'clock or something they said send us the noc we have to give that the buses are of good quality or whatever all that shit of course because as you see in up all the vehicles are of <laughs> such amazing quality that we see at 2:14 or 2:45 in the morning congress sent this thing back giving the details of all the vehicles then the up bureaucracy said that out of these 1000 only 800 are buses some 864 are <laughs> buses the rest are either ambulances or tractors or autos or something and the media picked it up jhoot bola congress ne and i was shocked here is where i think there is monkey balancing happening by even see i don't expect times to do anything times now will do congress caught telling lies or bus, bus karo uh, congress Hashtag. i mean eat these migrants let's say each bus could even let's say how put 50 people that is still a lot of people who can get back home i was a shocked at the pettiness of yogi adityanath who i think is a really wild man i i have no hesitation in saying that and i am no fan of the congress but here i think there is a lot of monkey balancing happening oh you know even by the likes of you know the usual who are so pseudo secular type things you know they are so careful of monkey balancing i shouldn't be looking like i'm siding for priyanka wadra what the up government is doing is disgusting and i think it should be called out without any monkey balancing happening i mean okay so 100 of those are autos like have you been to up it's a bunghole of the world man i mean people keep saying about bihar i mean i've traveled in these places extensively by road i felt more comfortable in bihar than i felt in up man up is a shithole yeah if it's an auto it's a tractor people are walking home they're cycling yeah. home yeah i'll just quickly give the numbers of covid as we are recording this the numbers uh, global cases have touched 50 lakh that's 5 million uh, global deaths have 
almost touching 3,30,000. Global recoveries are touching 17 lakh. Indian cases are at 1 lakh 7,000. Deaths are 3,435 yeah. and uh, discharged cured are 45,299 right, right now. So discharged are 45,000 cured and deaths are 3,400 odd. So that, those are the latest numbers. Yes, sir. So what do you think of this? Is is there, I mean, am I missing something? Has No, no, you know, I, I think extremely sad state of affairs. Mm. I think this was one very small act of cooperation between the opposition and the ruling party. Right. It was very easily possible. And in fact, you know, the, when Priyanka made this pitch and requested the chief minister, the chief minister immediately agreed to have those 1,000 vehicles. And that was played throughout the day by the uh, TV media that Yogi uh, Adityanath agreed to have So it was played. And, and then suddenly what we see that I mean, I, I, I feel that it was a political step. They, they felt that the Congress is getting an upper hand. It is getting publicized that the Congress is bringing, you know, UP migrants from Rajasthan to UP. I think that something played up into their minds. To which Priyanka also said you can put BJP posters on the buses, right? <laughs> she yeah. said you can and, put and, like... And then, then all of a sudden they, they, they just... Uh, you know, uh, reverse their uh, stance on this. Then they started finding, uh, you know, holes into the entire story that uh, 1,000 buses nahi hai. There are 880 bus buses and the rest are uh, three-wheelers and the ambulances. And then they said they had a plan to come via Ghaziabad. Why they are going via Agra? So right. all kind of... So they basically came back and then, empty and nothing's happened. Then, the, then we don't know whether these buses have got all the certificates. I mean, I live in Noida and... On this uh, express highway, I have seen these buses flying illegally with the presence of the police. So when I told this to my friend, who is the director uh, rank of, uh, you know, IPS officer, that guy personally intervened and he stopped all those buses. Otherwise, every day when I was going from mm. office, you know, to mm. back home, say around 9, 30, 10. So you have around 50 buses, 50 to 100 buses throughout the night. They go. They're running. Carrying who? I mean, Who wants to pay? Before COVID. Before, uh, okay. In general, I mean, uh, normal times. Okay, okay. So they are, what I'm trying to say that UP is, talk, is talking in terms whether these buses and are... Say, Are sir, <laughs> I, I mean, we mentioned this I on mean, highway. This is bullshit. This is a absolutely... Highway uh, on my podcast, we've, we've hmm. often mentioned this, that one thing we learned when we traveled to UP was traffic rules are optional. You have to follow it or not. Driving on left side is optional. Where you drive, you have to You know what they call in uh, Punjab, they call those marutas. Basically, it is a rickshaw with an engine in it. I mean, you have such elaborate marutas in Kanpur Haan. and uh, Ilhabad and all that. I mean, it is so petty. And the only place which is as... I think the only man who will beat Ryogi on pettiness is Trump. And as is being <laughs> evident now. But I think this was a case of monkey balancing by the media. It is expected in such polarized times... Uh, you know, the the most extreme versions of our politicians will demonstrate such sickness. But I didn't expect the media, even the Rahul Shiv Shankar variety of media, I didn't think they'd go that far. I was quite disgusted. Even 800 buses would have carried around 30,000, 35,000. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean anyway. what the hell? Miraj, your view, did you think monkey balancing? No? What? Yes, of course. I mean, and this isn't just restricted to UP, right? This is a general problem for two months. 
the central government and all the states they said we won't do anything let the migrants be when the cases were like around 300 400 and now when they are letting everybody go and migrants i mean because they had to stay in places where there were 10 people to a room and where they had to stay in shelters where there were 100 people to a room where they had a queue for food where they had to jostle for buses and turns out that they got infected on the way mm. and just uh, just imagine what they are asking for all these people are asking they are not asking for your stock options they are not asking for your fancy cars and everything all they are asking is take us home arrange transport india has the largest system of railways in the world mm. you have a 14 lakh strong military which has like mm. hundreds and thousands of cars and buses and trucks and everything you have so many private buses and cars you could easily do that without much expense they are asking for food not to go hungry your granaries are overflowing mm. you your reserves are 20 million uh, tons no and plan. you have 60 million tons in your granaries food is rotting they're planning to make ethanol but they won't give food to people and even the package when they announced who is it for the yeah. uh, see this is this is a uh, i mean uh, like prakash, prakash said right <laughs> prime minister no <laughs> prime minister alert coming up prakash get your shot ready get three shots ready no no the same yogi had sent buses to kota to rescue those children you know who were studying for iit right. and all these children are of bureaucrats children mm. okay so 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 that he sent buses to rescue them but he cannot let these buses come to his state of the the only tangible relief they have given to these migrants they have announced so far at least is that uh, 3500 crore from the pm cares not from this package mm. why because that is charity this is a right they won't give it to them yeah, charity to i was shocked uh, amit shah of the famous carrot ke parathe eater <laughs> said that whatever pm announces whatever 33000 crore or something congratulations to pra- i was like dude how classy are you here <laughs> this is like really he's announced a package not that he's earned this money and what do you say you don't say i'm glad this has happened congratulations of course let's make it about the pm i mean i i it's reached a level which nothing will surprise me anymore and i will after this want to discuss the rwanda the guy arrest because i think we are very close to that space i mean like i said till 2 years ago i thought it was a hyperbole i don't believe it's hyperbole anymore but really sorry just that... one small point yesterday after they had that uh, press conference health ministry after a long time 10 12 days right and they started first they didn't talk about covid and everything about migrants they started talking about the the cyclone which is fine because there was a, a national disaster management agency person there he started talking and talking and talking and then in the, in the end said this is happening as we predicted everything is fine we predict this and then in the end he says all this is happening it's being very efficient because we predicted it under the guidance of the prime minister and the home minister hmm. this was, is reached was... a level of cult that i mean yeah. that's like north korish i think what is uh, to me what's really been depressing is watching news whichever channels are faithfully covering this i mean i think aaj tak has done a good job by ndtv has done a good job these are the two channels aaj tak india today ndtv cnn off and on and when you hear the migrants and uh, i was listening to this one migrant in outside bandra station ही इज अ यंग गाय एट लीस्ट सेज कि मैं बैचलर हूँ मैं तो लड़का हूँ और मुझे रोना आ रहा है एंड ही क्राइंग कि मुझे रोना आ रहा है मतलब ही वॉज ट्राइन से बेसिकली दैट आई एम अ मैन यू नो आई एम अ बैचलर मैन एंड आई एम यू नो सिंगल वोड एवर एंड आई इमेजिन दैट आई एम क्राइंग एंड मेरे जैसे इतने सारे लोग हैं एंड इट्स रियली हार्ट ब्रेकिंग द यू नो हिंदी में दज अ वर्ड लाचार कर देना किसी को इट्स लिटरली दैट यू कैन लिटरली सी पीपल हाउ दे बिन रियली मेड लाचार यू नो लाइक यू जस्ट left them to nothing yeah. and 
that too have not hit anyone and they, if you have you know someone like a yogi then say that oh we pay petty politics over bus it's really shocking i mean no, you really have uh, to be so away from reality to do something no like i don't think tragedy is this is being done unnecessarily it's not yeah. like i mean he could you know he could have also it. if you want to play politics he could have used it to his advantage he could have said that look i've you know i've taken this from them and no, i'm happy to have no i think the pettiness is of level but you know uh, this one case that i read today of this guy having walked 300 kilometers without food and just collapsing and dying near saharanpur i i can't even understand how this is happening in our country yeah. and it's going on anyway anand uh, you want to come in on this uh, on on this whole how the labor is being treated and you can tell us what happened in bihar no on this uh, means uh, on the bus issue i don't uh, know much but i knew uh, that there were some problems with uh, bus uh, it was an allegation so just being a bit flippant i wonder how because Uh, if political parties are sending buses many many in political parties indian political party has this uh, a peculiar nature of party competition where four or five of them are transporter mafia i mean transport mafia so they should uh, any political party has good supply of buses so i am reluctant to buy the allegation that uh, the buses were uh, faulty Hmm. so this if you means in bihar up all states have a good number of people in every political party who can provide you 5000 buses any day yeah election rallies mein hota hai you see in, in fact wo famously wo jo rally tha how old are you uh, i don't i think i was a news track back then or had i quit news track there was this famous rally that happened in bihar where bloody rjd's lalu's men like walked into showrooms and said ye bus <laughs> they were just using yeah. you remember when what year was that uh, that is garib rehla garib rehla garib rehla when was that it was in 96 i yeah i was a news track basically yeah. his guys just went into showrooms like any vehicle that was in bloody patna who this, did this uh, Lalu? lalu's men are we did a story on news track what <laughs> basically he said rally to tum karte ho hum to rally karte hain so it was suppose this mammoth rally and there was not even enough vehicles in the state to carry those people I remember uh, we had two teams that went to Bihar, and basically we had people saying RJD guys just walked into the showroom, said, "Give us the keys of these trucks and buses," and they just took them. Crazy. It was like yes, yes. It was like a, it was like the mob. mafia. You yeah. couldn't even say no. Yeah, sorry, uh, go ahead, Anand. I, I, and, and and that was hooliganism. But yeah. uh, apart from the uh, that, uh, I mean, genuine property means uh, mm. uh, there are jayas, uh, jayas owners. <laughs> I mean say uh, there there are uh, people with who are somehow transport mafia who own num- thousands of buses trucks in every political party right you see see uh, i don't know whether you know about bihar or up much but closer to delhi in punjab badals have their own transport yes, business yes they have their own company so uh, anyway so that would not have been a problem if a political party genuinely wanted to send thousand buses so this charge that they were faulty i don't buy that so nirmala sitaraman came and gave the last press conference to do with this entire package which i don't have an answer of how it should be referred to like it is being referred to as a 20 lakh crore package right now clearly as you know the pm said it what he said it how many percentage of gdp is it 10%, 10%. he said but it works out it's just 1.8% of gdp or some say less than one depending on which agency you want to go with we've discussed how much of it is credit how much of that credit should act 
I mean, should be calculated as government largesse because all of it may not be defaulted upon. I think Miraj made this point last week. Now, this last bit that she spoke about also left many people confused. Also, I don't know what was the relevance of putting out the outlay for our space program when you're doing a press conference on COVID relief because whether you're going to Jupiter, Mars, Pluto or the moon, how is it relevant right now? But You won't get COVID. But whatever it may be, I will say one thing and this is not necessarily related to COVID. But I have actually sat on panels with Nirmala Sitharaman back in the early 2010s, 11s when she wasn't. She was a spokesperson for BJP. And I remember I had very pleasant exchanges with her. And she was one of the few people from the BJP who I really liked. Yeah, even I I always liked her presence Mm. on TV news. Because even when you're waiting, you're sitting in the room, the other people were basically jerks. She would talk nicely to you. She was saying, you know, I've been watching you. It is, yes, it is, you know, good to talk in a reasonable way, whether one agrees, disagrees. Over time, I have seen her turn into this bitter, angry person gritting her teeth. Yes, I mean, when she's holding a press conference, before anything's been asked to her, she's gritting her teeth, waiting to bite someone's head off. And if anyone asks anything, she'll say something sarcastic. I think the pressure of this job, and I believe I'm doing a psychoanalysis here, being asked to defend the indefensible just makes you a horrible, bitter person. Yeah. I mean, she just has to make a fool of herself regularly. And when something important happens, she's not in that committee. What was that committee where they were discussing some financial thing and she wasn't invited? Piyush Goyal, Amit Shah, they were commentary also written. Also, I, I don't think she is, is she part of the, that board of PM Cares Fund? No, I think it's that, the defense that is, and home no, minister. She is, and PMK. she is. No, the trustee. I think Amit Shah is on. Amit Shah and Rajan are also trustee. She's also trustee. So anyway, so the you know a very comprehensive analysis of the post-COVID economics of India. I highly recommend you contribute to Vivek Call's series that he's doing for us. Uh, we've already collected, I think, one lakh thirty-five thousand or the one lakh eighty thousand that is required for the Sena project. He is one of the most clear, I'd say, uh, non-partisan intelligent writers on the economy so do contribute to this so we can get Vivek to do a lot more ambitious projects for us because the kind of time energy resource it takes to do the kind of like the one he did on printing money on monetary policy it takes a lot of reading it takes two three days just to figure out all the data before you start writing the piece and that takes so it could often take up to a week to do a piece like that not counting the expertise that we all charge for Uh, so do go to newslaundry.com Click on the NLCNA project and contribute to this. And if this is too expensive for you, do just subscribe and pay to keep news free. So what do you make of the latest economic package? Because clarity... Take I take on 20 lakh crore. Vivek's huh. call. <laughs> hmm. Story is pretty good. It's very good, yeah. Very good. Hmm. So what do you understand the latest package? The broad idea is that basically privatize everything. Hmm. And that's, I mean, if you remember <laughs> last time I spoke about it. So this is the... Ideological framework of the Sang Parivar, the RSS. I tell you, broadly. they say that in two months hmm. they have given through Russian, they have given free Russian or something. Hmm. I, I mean, I have been talking to people, so I haven't come across any. I know some people in Kerala, where whether you are poor or you are whatever class, you want food, you just go, they give you a packet. And that packet, very, I mean, somebody had just, uh, you know, calculated the entire thing that packet had rice uh, because they are uh, rice uh, eaters so mm. for two months they had uh, coconut oil mm. 
Right. Everything. Basic there was rations, a packet. Dry basic ration, ration, ration packet. Hmm. Which was coming to thousand rupees. They are home delivering hmm. that to everybody. Haan. So what they did everybody. is they started with the like the poor and the this in Kerala. In Kerala. in Kerala. First right. they started so, with the poor people who haan. might need it immediately and now they are giving it to everybody. That's the way to do this it. You is, universalize this is something it. you can quantify. Hmm. But here whatever she said is so difficult to quantify. I mean you 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 simply say two thousand five hundred crore ka humne ration de diya in two months. So how but, would you but even from an I mean right now I mean economic imperative is there those are concerns but right now the biggest problem is people are dying of hunger of exhaustion right and even then uh, leave that all aside even from economic imperatives if you really want to kickstart the economy every single economist in the world is saying put money in the hands of the people because they'll go out and they'll buy I, stuff actually this is, is something that you know i want to discuss and here i think the activist lobby for the longest time and for the longest time i was like at least very closely involved with activism in some way or the other i remember even during the upa time the direct cash transfer was something that the upa was more keen on and all of us would oppose it because we saw it or i guess at that time we only saw it as this device that you know the world bank types push out ki bhai cash do cash mat do pds system ko dismantle karne ka tarika hai ye aise cash deke pds system dismantle kar denge fir cash bhi nahi denge aur fir the poor will be left so basically there was the there was this tendency of wanting to protect the pds system and not direct cash transfers and then they can buy from anywhere because the idea was it will be one or the other not both yeah. together now i do think on that i made a 180 degree turn few years ago many years ago in fact i think four five years ago that direct cash transfer is actually the most efficient but on this now i do think there is a hypocrisy on many of the earlier uh, you know people who have spent their life you know opposing direct cash transfer now saying direct tra- cash transfer though when they have all the time made sure that no infrastructure could be created for a direct transfer you introduced aadhar you you introduced i mean made it compulsory for all these uh, you know under poverty people to open their accounts mm. so now when the time has come to you know yeah, transfer the money you haven't done who, who who was it in the government who said that when migrants are trying to get home they don't need cash hmm? that was the supreme court oh the supreme court said okay I, yeah like i said some cabinet minister they are being <laughs> <laughs> they being they getting uh, right. food and shelter yeah. why, why do they need money why do they need money why do they need wages why do they need wages correct anand your take on this no i i mean that i can only offer a layman's take i i'm not an economist but i think they in a crisis like this the position cannot be maximalist so you cannot uh, means cater to everything the classic di- dilemma has been between the structural and immediate uh, Uh, needs and uh, by the look of it the government has uh, somehow tilted towards the former now it has also to be seen in in its alliance with what the state governments are offering so there is a push from the uh, state government side also i think uh, almost every state government what's and all is doing its bit and uh, doing its bit it it can of course do lot more but uh, it it is doing and if you uh, what i talk to the, when i talk to the migrants coming back there are conflicting accounts there some are happy with the help they got some are very unhappy some are even angry some are satisfied not very happy but okay okay kind so there are different slices of it 
but uh, your point about uh, the lack of uh, policy imagination in not offering immediate succor is uh, valid that is what uh, um, the i think there uh, the mandarins uh, sitting in the south block might have uh, somehow misled the government or the or even the policy direction of it so um, and and that can have a political costs too right so uh, i have a couple of other mails after that i just like to discuss in brief this z covid case which we've done a report on now it appears 60 66 the tally's gone up to 66 in z news whoa that wow man that's so it possibly couldn't have happened without them being really responsible right, in terms of norms so this email is from indrapreet he says small correction manisha mentioned that reliance paying salary twice to its employees double the salary the report is that employees earning below 30000 will be paid twice meaning they will get the normal salary but instead of being paid the whole amount once they will be paid in two installments so the cash flow is easy for the lower salary gap employees 30000 ka cap maine diya tha that so, is for employees so what he's saying they it's not doubled they'll be paid twice in the sense the same amount will be given over weeks for cash flows oh so you reliance pr misled me mukesh bhai jam <laughs> <laughs> i fell for it and in that said bhai ke supporter nikle you are the only one the whole government has been misled in 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 that said i was a 300 wala subscriber now i'm a 1000 wala subscriber wow wow So thank, thank you, you Indar thank you so much for your support and i really value people who pay to keep news free now vikas says in the last episode abhinandan remarked that y2k problem was the biggest non event he has ever seen uh, vikas is talking about the context where i was a little taken aback by pm modi's speech of lockdown 4.0 वे सेड दैट इंडिया हैज सेव्ड द वर्ल्ड मेनी टाइम्स इंक्लूडिंग फ्रॉम वाई टू के ये हमने डिस्कस नहीं किया था सो या वी डिस्कस दैट बट ही इज सेइंग दैट आई सेड इट वाज अ नॉन इवेंट बिकॉज़ सेड द रिमार्क काइंड ऑफ इंडिकेटेड दैट द होल इशू वाज मोर ऑफ अ हाइप देन एनीथिंग एल्स नो रिबटल एंड क्वाइट स्माइल्स फ्रॉम अदर पैनल मेंबर्स सीम टू सपोर्ट दैट व्यू सो हियर्स अ हाइपोथेटिकल स्टोरी समटाइम इन द 80स क्लाइमेटोलॉजिस्ट से दैट ह्यूमंस आर कॉजिंग इररिवोकेबल डैमेज टू द एनवायरनमेंट बाय ह्यूमन बेस्ड कार्बन एमिशंस सरप्राइजिंगली द गवर्नमेंट्स एंड कॉर्पोरेशंस एग्री एंड थिंग्स आर ब्रॉट अंडर कंट्रोल 100 years into the future in a hafta panel remark gets made climate change is the biggest hoax that renewable lobby created there never was a rise in sea level nor did we observe any extreme weather patterns do you see why the future panel is wrong why to k was a genuine issue and billions i don't recall maybe it was hundreds of billions of dollars were spent in fixing the issue actually the problem is almost trivial to identify and fix the big problem is finding all places where it exists to be worth fixing and then validating testing that the fix would correctly behave with ambiguous two digit years it can correctly disambiguate such century a certain record might be referring to of course the updated implementation would likely not keep storing two two digit years in the future and would have the migration plans to update old data in a new format all this might still feel simple to do but do consider the fact that we're talking about sectors like hospitals aviation banks etc who are very very reluctant to take software changes and when they do they'd much rather have minimal change instead of a groundbreaking revolutionary pure ghar ka badal dalunga type i'm not blaming them the idea is a pre production testing cycle often doesn't match the quality of a test of time of execution and production why were we so proactive in fixing y2k and not climate change because modeling global climate and prove prove beyond doubt that the effects would be super hard modeling what ruckus would y2k create is provable you can actually simulate the odd behavior of the software simply jumping your system clock what kind of evidence and obvious issues that it would have led to is an easy enough pitch to get funds to fix so yes y2k existed and it was a non event because lots of effort was spent to mitigate the risk by the way i guess a lot of engineers of indian origin might have been involved in the task but calling that indians help fixing it 
is almost the same tendency to adopt Kalpana Chawla or Martha Sen post facto their fame, Vikas. So Vikas, I get the point you're making, though I don't think the analogy of climate change and Y2K is the same. A, Y2K was 1999. I don't know what the extent of digitization across the world was. Email had just about come about. Uh, you know, I won't even talk about other stuff. I worked in a news organization, at that time the largest in the country, amongst the largest, India today. It was a non-event for us. Nothing was updated, nothing, and we were, I mean, we, there was analog editing, there was no digital editing tools like we have now, but we had one or two digital editing machines like Avid, even those were not updated. I had many friends in banking. I know that at least the ones who were working in Connaught Place, some of them were in uh, Citibank and stuff, no major system updates happened at their end. Uh, yes, there may have been some, you know, areas where this was really dealt with, but I recall because I lived through that as an adult and I read a lot of media around it. Even back then, it was touted as a non-event because Time Magazine did a cover story, the Y2K bomb. And I remember Time Magazine was roundly criticized by creating a hype about nothing. So, in India especially, I don't know to what extent digitization existed, but I don't know, Raman, so you were 90s, more adult than 90, me. 99. The 99 to 2000, was there any software updates that happened in your office, Indian Express, anything? No, I no. remember I bought my phone in 1999. Right, mobile the phone. First one, first mobile phone. But maybe I'm not an expert. Uh, you know, those of you who are maybe uh, my age or older than me, who were software engineers or remember that from the inside, was it this big thing that would, you know, bring the world to a grinding halt that India helped fix? Sorry, Vikas says that India's claiming India we helps also fix had it. analog uh, editing. But, uh, so, I, yeah, I, I'm still quite confident because I actually Googled the Y2K bug and I couldn't come across a single article which really spoke about what a huge effort was made to make sure that the end of the world doesn't happen. So, last time after we discussed this, I'm pretty much a Philistine when it comes to tech and stuff and all mm. that. I really don't know. But after we discussed, so I went and uh, checked. So, I came across this podcast, mm. which actually pretty much makes the same points that Vikas is making, that mm. it was a problem and a lot of people worked really hard to mm. fix it. And maybe not these systems, but like defense systems, right. the airports, whatever, the flight systems around right. that, and that would have really caused a huge problem. I so see. a lot of people worked behind the scenes to fix that just in time. I see. But like I said, I'm no like expert, expert so I don't yeah, know how maybe someone this thing. Could but I can maybe find that podcast, podcast and we can, yeah, can share put it. it in the link. So yeah, thanks Vikas. Thanks for your support. Thanks for that. Maybe someone can write in with some sort of a links and, and a credible take on this, you know, better than me. Uh, then Nachiket says, Dear News Laundry, I had written last week to show my appreciation for Anand Vardhan's ability to express a conservative viewpoint with clarity and insight and to implore other guests, whatever their disagreements with him, to allow him to speak without hindrance. Ironically, at the moment when Abhinandan was about to read my letter, he was cut off and my remarks were consigned to the nameless void. Najiket, I'm always getting cut off. What can I say? I am not writing now, however, despite my limitless capacity for self-absorption to complain about this. Instead, I would like to lay forth a case for why it is both important and even urgent for conservative values to hold their own in a political landscape divided between fiercely competing tribes. Let me provide a degree of context for my remark. I have been working in academia in France for the last few years. When the anti-CAA protests broke out in December, a few of us Indians living in Paris decided to organize small protests and meetings to express solidarity with the protesters and to educate the public about what was happening in India. These meetings brought together people from diverse backgrounds, but mostly sharing a generally anti-fascist, progressive and liberal ethos. For me, however, resisting the Modi regime's attempts to transform the meaning and substance of Indian citizenship can also be seen as a staunchly conservative action. I see the Hindutva regime as a deeply subversive one, 
that seeks to overturn a 70-year constitutional compact between the state and its citizens. I also resent the disregard for Republican values and democratic practices that are well entrenched in modern traditions in this country. Loyalty to the Indian Republic means that one can raise one's voice for the constitutional rights of Kashmiris as well as resist savage demands of national territory by malignant outsiders. For me, being a conservative also means a real respect and curiosity for India's vast and rich cultural heritage. Attempts to refashion this past along narrow sectarian or ideological lines are not a conservative process, a project. They are the work of extremists with little understanding of Indian history, its coexistence between different communities and religions. In the end, it is these traditions and habits of coexistence that I would like to preserve and I hope haven't deserted us entirely. Take care, stay safe. Very well put. I really liked his last paragraph. Yeah, Yeah. and also this shouldn't uh, even be... cultural heritage and... This shouldn't even be a question. I mean, conservative... There has been this tendency, especially among liberals, and because they have had the cultural and intellectual power over the last 20, 30 years, Mm. to present liberalism as an ideology, as this universal truth. Mm. It trumps everything. It's just an ideology as conservatism, as, as even, say, religion, Islam, Hinduism, and other religions are communism is socialism is social democratism is so yeah and like every ideology it can be critiqued and it can be agreed with wherever you think or you can be so yeah conservatism as an ideology is as legitimate and as I think necessary as As any other ideology since he referred to me I think I think I should say that uh, you take a hack very seriously to say some uh, that he is a conservative or, or a liberal or right of center is I am none of that. Anand, please learn to take compliments. He's complimenting you. Say thank you. <laughs> so, He's just no, like no, I am a hack. No, I, you should not uh, uh, means attach so much seriousness to a kind of a hack like me. So I so uh, I, also I would not be pleased to be clubbed like that. But anyway. Uh, second point, a very brief point I want to make is that uh, there is a very flawed overlapping. There is a degree of overlapping, but they are not coterminous in that is right of center and conservative. So there is some area of overlapping, but... Uh, but it's not interchangeable, right? Just so, like I think... Uh, and uh, third point is the key, the key value for conservatism is continuity. Continuity with change that people don't get. Continuity with change means adapting what is useful and what is valid in the present while conserving what is good and great in history. So it is not only conserve uh, like uh, being uh, tied to the past. It is also adopting what is good and valid in the present. So continuity with change, but also uh, appreciating what is good and great in history. In fact, uh, the bias against conservatism in Indian academia is such that when they try to translate it into Hindi, they use the word rudhiwad for it. Now, rudhiwad is not conservatism. Conservatism, by its very semantic application, has to be sanrachanwad. I mean, sanrachana, you are mm. conserving something just, just like soil conservation. And what's the literal so, translation of rudhi? Rudhiwad is more like a rustic, no? Rudhi like a rustic is person. Some kind of, you are fixed to something, some kind of fetish or some kind of uh, dogma. Say, 
Uh, some kind of dogmatic or Takianushi, this Takianushi is an app. And uh, so, but it conservatism is sanrakshans uh, means uh, conserving what is good and great in history and also adopting what is valid and good in the present. Right. So continuity with change. That okay. Just a couple of other mails. Rohan says I wrote into the awful and awesome a few months ago saying that I wasn't a subscriber because I was a broke student. Then, Abhinandan, you wished me luck that I would get a job soon. I got a job three months ago and Woo-hoo. I have been subscribing since. Congratulations. Thanks for the kind words, Abhinandan. Congrats, Rohan. Proud of you. Thank you for subscribing. That as soon as you got a job, you subscribed and paid to keep news free. We are very proud of you. And those of you who are listening to this podcast for free. Learn something from, from Rohan. Rohan. Yes. Be so, like Rohan. He's be smart. like Rohan. Thanks, Rohan. Appreciate it. Then he goes on to say, I have started to draw inspiration from you in the sense that I practice yoga every day. Don't do that. Be smart. <laughs> Just listen to him. <laughs> oh, okay. Get inspiration from Manisha and, yes. and get trashed every day and beat up people. <laughs> so he says, I will practice yoga every day and think I will stay single all my life. Good oh move. God, no. I would highly recommend it, Rohan. <laughs> Nothing will make you happier in your 50s, 60s, 70s. No, 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 no. Okay, 50. Till 50s, I can say, I don't know, maybe I regret it in my 70s, but I, nothing will make it. I feel relationships and all are not my thing. Are you saying all this in awful and awesome? No. Why is he? But he's inspired by you and apparently you are saying all this. So because I do yoga and I'm single. <laughs> Me and Swami Ramdev. We are inspiring millions. <laughs> oh, of by the way, did you see? Also, uh, he's a Bikhave ka single. Hai. Madhya Pradesh Don't believe government. Yes, <laughs> Swami Ramdev. Ka, aap kaise all these, sakte all these yogi single types are just... Pious in front and just being debauched in the back room. The back. Madhya Pradesh cabinet, including the chief minister, yeah. had a meeting yesterday with Ramdev to how to tackle, tackle COVID. COVID. Yeah, anyway. Gilori khao. Gilori khao. So Rohan goes on to say, my question is, I heard your webinar with Barkha and Faye D'Souza. You were very smug to remind Barkha that a few years ago on a panel, she detested the idea of independent journalism, basically said that TV journalism is all that mattered. Now, of course, she's an independent journalist trying to run a YouTube channel. So my questions are... <laughs> Do you have the I told you so feeling towards yesteryear star anchors that now they're also trying to figure out alternative revenue models? Do you enjoy it? Two, you mentioned that Barkha deserves an award for her coverage on the migrant labor. Explain why. Three, do you think we will see a super group of independent journalists like Faye, yourself and Barkha coming together on one platform? How far are we from something like that? You said something like that is under development. Please throw light. Okay, uh, your f- my first question um, on A, uh, she did not scoff at independent journalism. We were together on a panel which the Observer Research Foundation was organizing and she had just parted with NDTV and I said, Barkha, why don't you also start a digital platform? And she said, please, if you're not on TV, you don't matter. You can just keep doing your stuff. So I don't enjoy a told you so moment because honestly, I've had too many in my life. I know I'm gloating and I may seem (laughs) smug, but I'm saying this very matter-of-factly. I've had way too many in my life from, you know, calling out super woke people that your super wokeness is a nonsense and of course it emerged it was <laughs> from calling out also <laughs> so a wh- why i think it's important is i don't care whether other journalists you know fall for it or not or go that way or not i think if we can make an economic model emerge as sustainable basic economics would make that happen so i think there's an inevitability to it like there is to gravity i don't gloat when i hold a rock up and it falls to the ground Because that is inevitable. So if you have studied economics, there are certain inevitable outcomes of economic models. So when every other model is failing and one model works, the inevitability of everybody doing that is absolute. So I really take that matter of factly. What I do in my mind gloat about is, when we were setting up news, I had made many presentations and 
I'm talking like maybe 50 to 100, to people who were sitting on funds with billions of dollars, some of them, some of them were in the millions, and almost all of them were idiots. And I could see that. Uh, they, what they had going for them was they had expensive suits, they didn't keep beards, and they threw in a lot of jargon in the shit that they spewed. But their understanding of the news ecosystem was shit. And the kind of offers that they made to tweak the economic model blew my mind that these guys are actually deploying millions of dollars in companies. And many of those are companies actually have gone bust. So no, it doesn't give me any happiness because some of those are owned by friends of mine. I feel bad for them. And finally, um, I said why she, not finally, the second why she deserves an award. I think the fact that she hit the road on day one forced a lot of other people to. I think had Barkha not done what she did in following these laborers on the ground, I do think the extent of the on-ground coverage of this migrant crisis would have been less. I think she may not have been the, have the biggest coverage. She may have in the kilometers covered. But she was the first domino that forced a lot of people to actually cover that crisis in the way it did. And lastly, uh, I don't think it is very likely that people like Barkha, me and Faye will get together and form one company. Because disagreements in people who want to lead outfits are key to whether it will emerge okay or not. I don't believe, while I may respect the work of many of these people, I don't believe we'd have the same vision. I don't believe there'd be enough space to accommodate all visions. Uh, Barkha and Shekhar, I think, fell out when they had formed print together purely for this reason. I don't believe two such people. I mean, I was fortunate to have a partner like Madhu who has the badappan and the largesse to someone who she hired as a, not even a graduate, as a researcher. She could, you know, give me enough space so that both of us could kind of coexist. But I still do see her as a leader and a mentor. I don't believe others will do that. So the clash would never make such a company work in my view. On Barkha, I just have a point to make. I think that she's gotten a lot of praise and rightly so. But I think there's a bit of a cult of personality around her, which I really don't like. And I think which she's also working towards creating. For, for example, like uh, I think the first migrant crisis was the migrant thing when it first made headlines was Anand Vihar bus terminus, yes. right? There were lots of reporters out there on the road, you mm. know. She wasn't the only one to hit the road. There have been journalists from NDTV who are doing a fabulous job. Journalists from Times Now also now, maybe not right from the beginning. It's just sad that these journalists don't get prime time space. Ashutosh from Ajtak has done a really good job. So I think uh, she, and I think she's kind of feeding that also because she continually harps on the fact that I'm the only one who's done it. She's possibly the only star anchor who's done it. Yeah, right. It's she's the only one of her level yeah, who's done Rajdeep it. is not out or... Now Vasu uh, is she even, even while reporting, yeah. I mean, she has this habit of giving herself too much importance. Yeah. And sometimes, because as a uh, viewer, I find certain things are staged also. I, some of her reporting I found very cringeworthy. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, you know, like uh, this where she's, you know, these migrant laborers out, you know, it's, it's nighttime and it's raining and they're making tea and all. And she's literally stopping this woman from entering a truck with the teapot because she wants a shot. And she asks her, Ki, chai kyun banai? And she's like, Pine ke liye. <laughs> you know? Or another place where she's, uh, you know, a mother is walking with her daughter on the highway and she moves the daughter towards the main road to get a shot with, to talk to the daughter. And the mother's obviously upset because she doesn't want her daughter to be walking on the main road. So she pulls her aside. And again, she's like, Ye itna bhari suitcase hai. So I get it. I mean, great. She's on the road. She's doing way more than a lot of young journalists. I mean, are doing but it's not without flaws and she's not the only journalist doing a great job 
I think that should and I wonder you know, if she would stop. be out if like she had a show to do from the studio That's like she true. used to earlier had she a studio yeah. to go to would yeah. she actually be this out this is also there? her redemption in a way that I think after Raja yeah. she's faced so much flack she's kind of now also coming out to reclaim that space as this you know journalist who's got a heart in the right place and kudos to her and everything but, but I do think no also uh, I mean, we have this tendency accentuated by social media that we see people in situations like there's this one event happening so all of Barkhadad where she whether she's getting praise or not is related to this situation she has a long body of work behind her hmm. if you have to see somebody see the whole body Entirety. of work sure. I and mean, if you ask somebody in Kashmir about Barkhadat hmm. they'll start abusing her because she is singularly responsible for creating this narrative which Arnab and all the Ravi Shankar and all, all the other people are feeding on right now which this is military militarization militarized narrative of like Goli Maro and all that, all kind of. Not in, and she was because she's soft and sophisticated. She wouldn't use these kinds of words. But but she similar. played a huge part in sort of normalizing this. Right. This what is happening there. So I mean, I I kind of agree and disagree. While you have to see their entire body of work, but it depends for what purpose. I mean, if you're just judging someone for a report, then you judge them for that report. If you're giving them an award, then I guess you have to see a lot of other things. But I will say. On what Manisha said, I think that's a big problem that Barkha has. Rather than do your work and say, let's move on with it. This tendency of tweeting, uh, and this is also something that Sudhir Chaudhary does. You know, while hum ye kar rahe hai, ne kya kiya. Yar, you people have got COVID. Show sympathy, ask for sympathy. Why are you, you abusing others in that tweet? I mean, it is not relevant. Similarly, Barkha says, I've done this report. The second line of others are trying to play catch up with me and all. It's just... Yeah, it's not done. I think it's foolish, also, it's listen, petty. I'll... It's And I think... Um, there are lots of people. And I'll just tell you, Rohan, to build an organization, you don't have to be the best at what you do. You have to manage people and expectations of all sorts, which includes partners, investors, employees, audiences. And in that department, I think I do think Barkha is a fantastic journalist, but I'd be surprised if um, you know she can display that brilliance in entrepreneurship. I don't think she has that personality for that because of her nature of running other people down and a lot of the reports that she did appeared in newspapers so f- newspaper does not have that they don't have the edge in the sense there are no visuals dramatic visuals or videos but reporters from newspapers did go out and do those stories and your last question that i said that something like that was under development no i wasn't saying that Faye Barkha and i are going to get together and make a company i said something like that there is platforms where rather than people subscribing to face platform to news laundry to news minute to print because everybody is going to eventually go down the same model that News Laundry had said everybody would go down in 2012. I'm being smug, yes. And at that time, a lot of people said, well, it is going to happen. It's as inevitable as gravity, I can tell you that. But there are platforms where if all of us tie up, so then you, Rohan, say I'll pay, you know, 1,000 rupees to this platform. Let's call this platform, you know, news sharing. So newssharing.com, you pay 1,000 rupees too. And all of us have an arrangement in news platform platform that we will allow people who come through your platform to read five articles eight articles and that platform will then distribute money to you know print and whatever others equally keeping their cut but it is very difficult for to do that here a there's a lack of transparency ki bhai hame kitna mil raha print ko kitna mil raha usko kitna mil raha and also that all the leaders of all these organizations have to say okay we're okay uh, so i don't think it is likely that shekhar gupta will say ha chalo news laundry ke sath share karenge hum paisa <laughs> so it is unlikely to happen here in a hurry, but there are such solutions that exist in other parts of the world. Finally, uh, Karthik says, I'm a frequent news subscriber and would like to describe myself as someone who stopped living under a rock a year ago 
through your podcast i have been able to gain balanced insights on several topics otherwise on twitter which are extreme and bizarre lately i've been wondering whether reservations for people who are financially stable are necessary in my opinion it should only go to those or preferences should be given to those who are financially weak and belong to a reserved category reason those who are financially secure and have access to things such as quality education shouldn't get benefits at discounted prices this defeats the purpose thanks karthik karthik you know what we'll do an nl versus nl on this because i think this is a long standing thing so i hope you guys are listening to news laundry versus news laundry nl is an nl is a podcast series we've started where the news laundry team debates with each other on issues that we disagree with and often subscribers also debate with each other or debate with us so this is i think something that i'm sure all our subscribers have very diverse views on so maybe you should do that so on that note now please tell us what happened in z we'll wind up after that and the rwanda case what happened with z news and how bad is it so apparently it's quite bad now 66 people is a big number but what happened was so 15th may one person was tested positive and he put his and he tested it himself and he put it in the whatsapp group saying that i've tested positive after that they uh, tested the evening and the morning shifts because i think this guy was in the evening shift so they thought between the evening to morning shift there could still be some connection so i think they tested uh, these guys and now it turns out about 60 so when we atul first did the story and you guys can read it it's available in both hindi and english about 28 journalists had tested positive now today there are some journalists who tweeted out saying 66 of their employees have tested positive atul story says that um, the management had made coming to office compulsory during the lockdown this was when most channel uh, most organizations had had instituted work from home so as to have like least amount of people come to office only those who had to come to office would come to office uh, they weren't following sanitization protocols and um, there was also a bit of a meeting where sudhir choudhury kind of told his employees that they shouldn't pretend to have fever or that he doesn't want to hear complaints that people have fever because the fever may go but things may remain sour even after this so it was kind of a subtle kind of you know thing told the employees that don't pretend to be you know that will be held against you if you miss work if you're feeling unwell and now it's um, become a hot spot yeah and it also that like they didn't maintain the even while you know running office they didn't maintain certain protocols of yeah. of you know how many people should be in a vehicle pickups drops and stuff like that so yeah it's it's become kind of serious and uh, it's very sad they still maintain that uh, these rules did not apply on us because we are essential service yeah someone from there tweeted <laughs> I, although yeah that someone should tell her but that's true for a lot of these uh, you know anchors who are sitting on z they don't even know basic right. rules yeah uh, so th- so this is actually you know kind of snowballing into a big case and there is an unfortunate outcome of this that people i saw this guy who's run the satire piece which the context is sad because you know these are colleagues journalists where he has called them the basically he's used the same words and narrative what they use for the tablighis yeah. except he's called them the something zees kya zihadi zihad he said zihad so basically he's done exactly what they were doing but he has just changed the language to make z that jamaat uh-huh. so yeah it's uh, i know and someone also tweeted an image of i don't know someone attacking a health worker and they're like look this is it was found that a z news uh, employee is attacking medical whatever let's spread this news like this you know like they put a bunch so, of yeah, fake it's news. kind of become it's kind of ugly sad in that because... sense and on that i think it's the people who have been infected who are you know news professionals I mean, they're all maybe reporters some technicians see they may not get the kind of sympathy that they should get all because of how sudhir choudhury and yeah. other people like him the prominent anchors have yeah. kind of 
It's position. unfortunate. It's, it's, I think that is a sad outcome of this entire... I hope they do, but I mean, I, I do think most people will make the distinction between Sudhir and his anchors and regular Z employees who are working there, some of whom, you know, it's, it's really hard for them living alone or living with family. There but was this I mean, one for person who said he was living alone with his aged mother yeah. and he was f- sort of forced to come to office and uh, now he doesn't right. want to do. So but yeah. I mean, what a fraud. I mean, two yeah, months I, straight see, of uh, primetime news he did on Corona ki ladai or Corona ki ladai mein hume kaun hara raha hai, kiski saajish hai, this and that. And then you yourself in your own and office. Every channel, I mean, I know, I know some other channels, how they are working. Yeah, they, have they are maintaining very strict protocols. Very strict protocols. Reporters will not come yeah. uh, to the office at all. And even even the floor management, I think they have, you know, uh, one third of the people. Yes, so no rotating. one, there's no exposure yes. from one shift to the other. Yes. Because it's not just the right thing to do, it's also a smart thing to exactly. do. Because if your employees get sick, who's going no, to run you? It's not a moral thing, you know, it's actually a practical yeah. thing. Like, yeah, if you want to be sustainable, if you want productivity, yeah. it will be nice if they're not sick. They have like, to be healthy to like, work. Like Raman sir said, many channels and newspapers are running shifts that one shift people aren't even allowed to meet the other. They've been told even outside yes. office don't meet each other. Yeah. Because if this someone from this shift falls ill, they'll quarantine that entire shift. Yeah. So that other shift can take over. And they are sanitizing... And they're not doing these five people in a car. They're saying, you know, only two people to a car, three people to a car. Earlier it used to be two. Now it's three as per the rule. I know. And even this essential service people still had to follow rules. It's yes. not like you're exempt of all rules because yes. you're essential. You essential could, service essentially means you could move around. That's yes, all. You could get onto the road. But that but doesn't following mean protocols. Yes. Even when there are no rules in Delhi, I mean, people can go to the offices. People are still taking care of it. Yes. They are still running. I mean, many people haven't opened, uh, started, uh, you know, Working in the Which office. Which is fine. Is, I think it uh, should, like, this work from home should become a, and it'll also help the, you know, real estate market crash and then when I'm old, like, could buy a house. <laughs> Traffic, pollution. Are the only rents will... Uh, There's this... My uh, cousin, uh, I think he's going to give up his office. Many people are thinking. He's, he said ki, I mean, I think uh, sir, he's, he's an IT guy. We were thinking about the other office. I was thinking about it. We'll make a studio here once a week. You know, we guys can do yes. So there's this uh, anthropologist, David Graeber. So he, he, he is this sort of theorist he was like part of the occupy wall street and all that so he wrote a couple of books and his latest book it's called the bullshit jobs so he talks about jobs which have just been created for the sake of it which add absolutely no value and this pandemic has shown there's a lot of those jobs Bullshit. <laughs> and the, yeah and uh, so there's this example i'm going to recommend that piece also so there's this example he gives Imagine if at this time, I mean, lots of companies have fired their workers, right? I mean, there hasn't been much difference. If you f- fire, say, the, the usual titles, executive vice president of marketing, blah, blah, it blah. It didn't make much It doesn't happen. Imagine if the nurses and doctors went on strike at this time. Right. They have the power, but their power is so great mm. that they're prisoners of their power because they know their work is so essential that it's it'll destroy the society. But if this guy who's this obnoxious vice president of some blah, 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 he fires two, three employees. He, he thinks he has great power, but his power is just limited to that one person. Right. It yesterday, has no yesterday, the elite police force of Kolkata, hmm. I mean, West Bengal, they went on strike and they hackled their seniors and it, Mamta had to come. Really? And yes. Why? Because, because 200 of them 
were uh, quarantined at some bad places or something so he also has this anecdote about when he was doing his research so he went to uh, madagascar so he lived in this area where the police had basically disappeared in a rural area and there was absolutely in fact the murder rate and all the violent crimes came down the only thing that rose was all these rich people their houses started to being burgled and even in a city and he has done some research even in the middle of a city if you take away police these violent crimes will come down actually and maybe these things like well, that, police i must i must read this recommendation of yours that, <laughs> yeah, that, that seems absolutely brilliant idea. so now i want to talk about what happened in rwanda just to give you guys some context there's a guy called felician kabuga he was accused of funding the militia that massacred 800000 people uh, hutus and moderate tutsis and after 26 years he was found in paris he had a 5 million bounty on his head so he was someone who brought in all those machetes and all the things used to kill and he also owned one of the media radio. you know radio stations that used to frequently put out messaging and information and news that made people go out and kill now i do think let's say khuda na khasta we get to a stage where you know goli maro salo ko and ye jihadiyon se chutkara type narrative reaches the common man would someone like subhash chandra or sudhir chaudhary be tried for that i think yes i mean some of the stuff that i've seen that they've said on air like his entire interpretation of jihad until there was an fir filed against him then he became molana sudhir and he, he started telling us got, got that also wrong good good he got that also wrong he was telling us how peaceful and wonderful islam is islam is uh, we should all be jihadis and it is jihad is a pure thing <laughs> after i was like bloody hell two months ago you were telling me something the kind of things that these guys have said if it were to precipitate in a society or things what happened in rwanda i do believe people like subhash chandra vinit jain uh, rahul shiv shankar and sudhir should be tried arnab, by international courts why you are excluding arnab oh, arnab of course <laughs> uh, no i don't think he'll then he'll be so excited he'll get out on the road he may grow up a <laughs> but um, yeah I, i i think that's an important aspect of anyway does anyone else have to say anything about this before we wind up and give our recommendations anand mehraj raman manisha oh, it's just i mean sad it takes a genocide for people to actually take notice so there's uh-huh. a lot of has been written about how when this thing was building up they actually went to bill clinton he was the president then and they went to the uno yes. everybody and they didn't do it and un had a peacekeeping force they had to send it they didn't do anything they had a peacekeeping ah, force yeah, there yeah. and belgium, they were told not to do anything also and belgium retreated right in yeah. fact the bbc you know when this guy was arrested they have an interview with one of the she must have been a girl then she's a woman now and she said that she says my child who was like 5 years old is 31 now she says you realize how long it's been she says well it's late but at least it's happened she said when the belgian forces withdrew they just they could the mob was right out there so they took us all in a this thing and they just started hacking us to death and i pretended to be dead so the the belgian forces actually saw these guys come in mm-hmm. as they withdrew and in fact there's a fantastic documentary i keep forgetting the name it's been made this guy he's now i mean at least when i saw it at the habitat many years ago he was from rwanda he was married to a french lady it was i mean of course the visuals because they haven't edited anything they haven't mosaiced it i mean you can see people being hacked to death with clubs and stuff the un did not use the word genocide because in the resolution of the un you know the why it was made was to prevent another ge- that was the purpose you know set up yeah. that never again and if they use the word genocide they would have to by their very own parameters of why they exist would have to intervene so on bill clinton's office insistence they did not use what was happening in rwanda they did not use the word genocide because had they used that word 
they would have had to intervene you know this is also one reason why i feel this whole uh, in india the muslim leadership or people i mean not just leadership but also like thinkers and you know writers journalists reliance on arab nations and how they will come to our rescue or they will save us so that we will sh- somehow shame india for what it's doing by going to dubai or qatar is very silly i think if things really escalate in india i don't think anyone will intervene yeah they won't really do anything this is a Absolutely. thing you have to fix within your country and you have to have more representation from your own people come out and you know form and talk about this or or like act as a okay guys keep hindrance. your recommendations ready jay shankar Pithambaran has written a email saying that our tech sucks. He's a professional technologist and um, he says he loves his work. He's a Malayali based in Europe. He misses Madhutrehan. He says please we should let Anand speak more. Anand yes. next next time please speak more. And uh, he says it irritates when Delhi people monopolize conversation just cuz Anand isn't in Delhi anymore. He doesn't get to speak as much because now he's there. And Jay always also says that now everybody is you know going into the model of revenues from subscribers print news minute. so we should have our tech sorted out so ja i'm surprised our tech is still you know so bad I, i don't know i'll get this checked out because now we've handed over to quint which is one of the leading cms tech platforms in the country they are handling the tech for i think over 100 websites news platforms all across asia including from indonesia and malaysia many from india including swaraj and the quint so and they're customizing the site for us the custom site should be ready in another couple of weeks the app we don't have the money to build but some wonderful techies such as yourself who are also new zealand subscribers have offered to make it free of cost for us so hopefully we should start work on that in a month so the you know because the estimate i was given was that if you want like an app customized for yourself it will cost somewhere 30 lakhs or something or more uh, these guys have offered to do it for free so jay hopefully you should see better tech but uh, thanks man for your sub- support thanks for your you know pointing out why our tech sucks and hopefully you'll get better soon and dr trehan this is not dr narish trehan that's madhus husband this is dr amitab trehan we will publish your letter on the website although here in big letters it says you are not a subscriber but i know you are by the contents of your letter you couldn't have written us such an email without being a subscriber so probably you have subscribed through a different email than what you have sent this on which many people do and because we track our subscribers from the email probably this came up as a non subscriber mail but thank you for your kind words we shall be putting this up and for your recommendations and your you know your your analysis which is i think really good so we shall put this letter up on our website on that note can i please ask for your recommendations anand let's start with you yes two two recommendations first is uh, something related I means uh, vaguely related to the one of the topics discussed today now worldwide we are seeing the means a uh, call for welfareist state so i am recommending uh, a novel a satirical novel a piece of satire that i really liked in 2000 it is 20 years of its publication it was it is by a bureaucrat come uh, uh, novelist upmanyu chatterjee and it's uh, the memories of welfare state so memories means uh, the uh, he imagines the welfare state as a member and others and how it is being it is going to be milched once some big thing like stimulus package or state government policies now the ground level implementation through different layers of bureaucracy now it's a milch cow now through the different chapters it takes us uh, through means different aspects of uh, policy implementation how it 
gets into different layers of of officiality and procrastination and eventually corruption now it is a sequel to his most celebrated novel 1988 uh, english august Hmm. So it was published in 2004, just for the sake of information, not that an award means anything. But in 2004, this novel got the Sahitya Academy Award. And so Memories of Welfare Estate uh, by Upmanyu Chatterjee. The second is that I was uh, reminded of uh, a piece of legislation in 1979. We already had a Migration Act um, for migrant workers. And the deputy chief minister in Bihar uh, had said that this, if this act had uh, been implemented well, a lot of uh, sufferings of migrants would have been addressed. And this is uh, a piece of legislation called uh, Interstate Migrant Workmen Regulation of Employment and Conditions of Service Act 1979. So more than, uh, say, 40 years ago, that is precisely 41 years ago, there we had a legislation for migrant labor in addition to the general labor laws. And it, it talked about uh, giving home journey allowances, suitable residential accommodation, and medical facilities free of charge for migrant labor. Even, even appointment of uh, inspectors to see that the labor contractors and the original employers take care of migrant labor in the state where they're working so uh, i was not aware of it many of you might be but i think it's uh, this legislation is available on ministry of law and justice website and uh, i think the minister is correct that uh, a lot of it would have been very handy if it had been implemented and it had taken care of the crisis right thank you raman sir there is a serial on uh, prime video it's called the Romanov. Hmm. Uh, this is about uh, the descendants of Romanov dynasty. It's a fictional uh, thing. Beautiful. I mean, they, the makers of Mad Men, uh, they have they made, made it. it. Oh. Fantastic. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I see. Okay. Two things. One is the piece I was talking about. It's basically an interview of uh, David Graeber uh, by this uh, journalist. I think he's from Slovakia, Lenar J. Kusic, I think. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. So it's called David Graeber on Harmful Jobs, Odious Debt and Fascists Who Believe in Global Warming. And it's published on this website called Descents, which I think means descent in the language. Hmm. But it's in English, you can read it. The other one is uh, one of her own pieces, which one of our very accomplished subscribers has written. Uh, Raj Shekhar Sen has been writing for us. A caste bigotry and the apathy of Modi's theory of Atmanirvarta. Okay. So uh, there's this YouTube channel called ContraPoints. Uh, it's by this person called Natalie Wien. She's a trans woman and uh, ex-academic philosopher. And New Yorker describes her as one of the few leftists who can be nuanced without being boring. And uh, she's actually very phenomenal. I've been watching some of her videos and I recently discovered her though she was quite a rage about two, three years ago. I mean, she's been a rage for a while. So she's done this one hour, 40 minute episode on cancel culture. Uh, where she explains why it's so toxic. She explains why it's not criticizing someone and why it's not holding someone accountable and why it's an altogether different sport of sorts played on social media. It's a brilliant watch. I, for one, after watching it, made a mental note that I'm never going to knowingly or unknowingly be part of any social media mob that's calling for the cancelling of anyone, even if it's a Sudhir Chaudhary. So you should watch it. Feminists especially should watch it. It's... um, 
it's really a phenomenon it's one of the best things i've watched on youtube for a while are wa chalo so i watched something that blew my mind it's called patal lok oh yeah i don't usually recommend what a lovely series i don't recommend yeah. films or such things on hafta i usually recommend npr planet money or some slate article or some pratap banu mehta piece have you seen it anand no no i have not okay you I, should see it i would like to please watch it and and i'd like to know your views on it so i think it's outstanding because the brutality of life it doesn't pull back on it shows things that happen and in the most brutal way without being voyeuristic and um, i i think it's the best series to have come out of india I, it's better than sacred it's based on tarun tekpal it's based on my it's loosely based on my assassin it's loosely or have you read the book i couldn't finish the book actually i got really bored with the book so but uh, apparently the basic plot is uh, tarun tekpal's uh, story of my assassins and then there are some diversions and changes that they will right but What's the basic about? plot is it's basically a cop where these four people are arrested for the attempted murder of a prominent journalist and then basically the story of how politics is involved the cbi how oh. and it's one of those stories everyone knows my views on police force while it shows how horrible and corrupt the police force is it kind of made me a little more sympathetic to people who work in the police force because you're such a small cog in the wheel like what can you do yeah so you become like that and how the journalist becomes irrelevant in how the, the journalist become irrelevant i think it's fantastic <laughs> i highly recommend yeah, you yeah, go watch it yeah it's fantastic and i i highly recommend you go watch it also because of the social commentary it offers brilliant mm. and beautiful performances and i shall leave you with a song which is actually a part of the soundtrack of that show and this song is part of the kabir project and when i heard this song i was like wow i heard this 10 years ago there was something called the kabir project so go google the kabir project it was this music project which was pakistan and india ka collaboration and a bunch of people here had done it and the song that they have used in that is actually also used in the kabir project and on that note thank you for supporting news laundry if you do uh, if you do it with money thank you very much if you do it with good wishes thank you and if you are a student and who can't afford it it's fine when you get a job do subscribe to news laundry pay to keep news free until then those of you who keep criticizing about the news before you go to sleep tonight ask yourself so what are you doing about it good night good luck have a good week bhavra bil ma baag All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.